Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... A, 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 Abe. In stereo. <laughs> no, that'd be, it'd be like this. Abe. I like to think that since I can't see you, you're just like revolving your head around yep. your microphone. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. Surround sound stereo, baby. Well, Out Now is a film podcast where we discuss new movies weekly, we like to have these special bonus episodes as well, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different or just some thoughts on the day. And this is uh, this is something different to an extent. It's a review. It's just a review. No other text segments going on here. We're going to talk about John Stewart's Irresistible. Uh, this is the latest film from director, writer, John Stewart, starring Steve Carell. Oh. And we're going to get into that shortly. Just uh, some few things here. Uh, first up, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for out now there in your name. You can find all of our silliness and more just right there. Thank you so much in advance. Please give us five stars. And uh, what else? This is coming right before a couple episodes we have planned. Uh, we will be talking about basically... We have a fun way to approach this, but we're going to go over what we think are the best films of the year so far. But we have an exciting way to get into it, so uh, we'll just leave it there for now. Mm-hmm. And we also have a Jaws commentary track coming just in time for the 4th of July. Uh, that'll be July's commentary track, and it's going to be a lot of fun because it's Jaws. And yeah, on a bit of a Saturday note, we wanted to talk about a couple recent um, celebrity filmmaker passings, uh, just because I, I felt like it would be nice to acknowledge them. Um, first up is uh, Ian Holm. Sorry, Sir Ian Holm. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he passed away a couple of weeks ago now at this point, and obviously he was a, a major, you know, actor in various films, including Alien, of course, as well as the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit film series. Mm-hmm. I have one in particular that's notable to me, and I feel like it's going to be the same for you. It's The Fifth Element. I, that was another one. Where, <laughs> <laughs> like, when I think Ian Holm, like, it does come to mind Bilbo and Ash and Alien, but The Fifth Element comes to mind as well. Like, that's just one, that, that's a movie I was so fond of and like he's he along with many others in that film are just you know they're they're a big part of it but hey what any <laughs> specific films in mind when it comes to Ian Holm you know I, I definitely think about Alien and how incredible he is in that movie and then you know I think as a kid it's one of those situations where you he becomes a that guy uh-huh. you know what I mean yeah where you know you haven't seen as many films these are quote-unquote older movies and you're like, oh, it's that guy. And so when he shows up in Fifth Element, you're like, oh, that guy. Oh, I thought the, he was a, really a robot. And then you start learning things about him. You're like, oh, he's actually really British and he's a really good actor. <laughs> and then he becomes Bilbo, a very iconic, another iconic role, probably uh, what everybody really knows him for. Um, Certainly but, our generation. and Yeah, yeah, people that were born in like the 90s probably. Uh, but he's had – do you know how many titles are, are uh, credited to his name? I'd have to say 50 at least. Like he's, he was a he was a good actor. He was in a lot of things. <laughs> 137. 137. Okay. Yeah. Voices, video games, etc. They okay. they, they give him a lot of credit. Right? Everything. Um, and even he plays like you know uh he, the voice acting. He he's even like the chef or one of the the one chefs, of chefs in Ratatouille. Yeah. Great uh, role. The guy who's trying to take over uh Gusto's. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I was bummed to hear about his passing, but uh, at the same time, you know what a wonderful body of work 
For sure, yeah. There are lots of lots of films there. I just don't want to go too far into all of his filmography, right. but for sure, yeah, he was a. I mean, because I mentioned the Fifth Element, it's like I know there's other films of higher <laughs> esteem, but it's just like ones that stick out. It's yeah, it's like whichever ones resonate with you, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brazil's another one. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Surrey at home, rest in peace. The other filmmaker uh, that passed away this week was Jill Schumacher, director, long career, many. Again, in a certain generation, tend to link him to the Batman films, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But, of course, he also did films such as The Lost Boys and Phone Booth and St. Elmo's Fire. Flatliners. Uh, Flatliners. The, the Falling fa- Down. The Falling Down, The Phantom yeah. of the Opera. and Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing with Joel Schumacher. Like, I... There are films of his I just flat out hate. Like I think he's made some 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 bad movies. He's made some hack work, and he's made some really interesting stuff. But the thing is about him, he always seems like a guy that puts like all of himself into the movies he's making. It's not yeah. that he has like a dis- he has a, his stamp isn't necessarily defined by certain things. Though he's, I think when he's on fire, he's he can make a really good movie. But it's more of it just feels like there's a personality there. Which, I mean, say what you will about, like, Batman and Robin, but that feels like a movie that was made by a filmmaker that had something in mind. Um, I can't say the same for even superhero movies that I like a lot um, sometimes, as far as just how deliberate they are in their style. But, yeah, looking at some of the older ones, of course, the ones that really made a name for him, like Flatliners or The Lost Boys or whatnot, he just... There's there's something there that feels very personal. And I... Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that Joel Schumacher's death hit me hard, but it certainly felt it felt like that's someone that seemed notable that's gone now, and that just that stuck out yeah. to me. It was unfortunate to hear about that too, and I had heard that he had been uh, battling uh, cancer for like over a year, so it was unfortunate. But you basically took the words out of my mouth. Like whenever I think about Joel Schumacher, do I think of any particular style ticks? No, not necessarily. Right? You know, he, if you look at his breadth of work too, we just talked about Syrian Home, but. You look at his breath of work, you just look on it, which is it it really ranges. Yeah. yeah. It, it's almost like it's it's um and it started like early too. It it wasn't as though, okay, well I'll make all these types of movies, like, you know, these certain action movies before I can make my own types of movies. Mm-hmm. It's kind of started like all throughout. Uh, yeah, like so, DC Cabs and Action, St. Elmo's Fire is like a drama, Lost Boys a vampire movie. <laughs> like, right, like, yeah. And like some of them star a lot of like that Brat Pack or that Brat Pack like adjacent group. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of like a lot of um Kiefer Sutherland and, and whatever else. But you know, you get Tigerland too and, and like a weird movie like eight millimeter, um, a time to kill, or or like what is it? Um what's the one with like the kid? Um the client the client yeah yeah, yeah his, like, his grisham movies yeah yeah it, it's it's so all over the place and then I, I exactly think what you think about batman people will probably think about him as batman but the thing is like we 100 percent associate it with joel schumacher you know what i mean mm-hmm. like those movies we associate the the keaton and and um burton movies but when you think about the joel schumacher movies you think of bright lights you know a very like um there's a lot of panache in it and then you know it was like during that sweet spot where i was like watching movies and eating mcdonald's so i would go and get these 99 cent collector's cups so yeah it was a bummer to hear about joel schumacher but again his you mentioned Phantom of the opera as well i mean you know not a lot of people would go and do a musical like that uh, is that the one with jared butler yeah i just wish that yeah. like he seemed 
he seemed like a guy that was suited to make that movie, and I always felt bad that it wasn't better. It was like, this is, yeah, yeah give him Joel, yeah, that makes sense. Joel Schumacher making better of the opera? I can see that. It somehow right. just wasn't as great as it could be. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Russian, Russian Power as well, and it is one of the situations where it's cool that his body of work is so wide-ranging, and you can go revisit some of it. Like what you said, not all of them are hits, but um, the ones that are, and the ones that are, like, now in cult status... Cool. Phone booth, tight as a drum. Watch that this week. That movie just works. It's uh, yeah. that's it's, that's the uh, Colin Farrell and um, Go Sam or yeah, Go Sam. Yeah, Kiefer, he's the voice. He's on the phone. <laughs> Kiefer, that man. They must have had a cool relationship. Yeah, they've been they did they did four films together, <laughs> and he he had a nice message on Instagram about uh oh about nice the passing. And Seal Seal had a great thing about it. He talked about Kiss from a Rose. On the Batman Forever soundtrack and how directed by Joel Schumacher, the music video, yeah. But he yeah. talked he talked about how the song came out before the movie and basically flopped, like the single didn't do anything. Uh-huh. And then Joel heard it. He want he had he wanted to put it on the soundtrack, and it made the music video, and it just became a it became his biggest hit single. Like, yeah. <laughs> like people it, sing it in karaoke all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's what he said I that exactly. <laughs> yeah, I listen to it like you know ever so often. And you're damn right. I think about Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. So you, you can find that I like. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Sealed, like, some nice words. Because he like he starts out singing just like the refrain of the song, then he just tells this really nice story, and it's Seal. So it's like it's really cool just hearing Seal. He has a great voice. I mean, obviously he's Seal. So. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. Obviously yeah. he's Seal. Obviously he's Seal. <laughs> he's not in Pop Star because he's not great, Abe. I forgot about his cameos. How do you think he got those scars? Oh. From the wolves, as he Yeah, says. from, from uh, Popstar. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joel Schumacher, you will be missed. Yes, indeed. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's um let's move on now. Let's get to let's get to the review that we'll be going over this week for Irresistible. Democrats are getting their asses kicked. We need some way to road test a more rural friendly message. If you can't live your principles in the bad times, I guess they aren't principles, they're just hobbies. Nice. John Wayne and a tractor have a baby and all you can say is nice. Really nice. Oh my God, it's nice. so nice. Colonel Jack Hastings is our key back into the great now swing state of Wisconsin. He just doesn't know it yet. Can I be completely honest with you? No bull. Be nice. My daughter's here. That was your daughter with her arm up the cow. That should have been some of the trailer for Irresistible. Following his dramatic directorial debut of Rosewater, a film adapting the memoir of journalist Mazier Bahari, his John Stewart's sophomore effort has him in a lighter mood. Irresistible is about a Democrat, a Democratic political strategist played by Steve Carell heading to Wisconsin in an effort to have a retired Marine colonel played by Chris Cooper run for a Democratic position in an attempt to win back America's heartland. To counter this, the Republican Party sends their key strategist, played by Rose Byrne, leading to a small-town political race that now involves big bucks. Abe, did you like mm-hmm. what Jon Stewart had to say about today's America using this film as a framework? You've asked me a very difficult question because it requires a lot of different answers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to start off by saying this. Steve Carell has been in, now in two vehicles that have been unsure of what they want to be um i've been watching space force on netflix oh, boy. 
and I have gone through about eight episodes out of maybe 12, 13, and I, I just really can't bring myself to continue. <laughs> not that I, not that it's, not that I don't want to. It's just more like it, it just doesn't know what it wants to be. I liken this to, uh, and this is gonna be, sir, this is gonna be pertinent for Irresistible as well. But Space Force, I liken it to, they don't know if they want to be like Veep, where it's a political satire about the military industrial complex and the federal government. Or if they want to be like an office comedy, like The Office. Um, and then we get to Irresistible. And to answer your question, I think Jon Stewart has tried really hard to make a compact movie. This is like an hour and 47 minute movie. A compact movie about where money plays a huge part in government and politics. Does he succeed Yes and no. There are actually some parts where it is like lucid enough for you to be like, oh, this is a really well done scene or this part makes a lot of sense. Um, But there are other parts where it's a little bit all over the place. And that's the unfortunate thing. When I think about this movie as a whole, I'm glad that it's better than a movie that you and I saw. This Our Brand is Crisis, which is a terrible movie. It's that's a movie that is like poorly edited, doesn't really know what it wants to be at all. And it has this message about the political system. Um, I also think about another movie that Steve Carell was in, which is much better, which was uh, The Big Short. And that's a movie where, hey, I wanted to really come across to the American people in an entertaining way. Stuff about the the economy that really uh, sunk us, right? And then I just don't think that this movie really accomplishes what it wanted to do because – Unfortunately, you you get this part at the end, like the tail end of the credits, uh, where Jon Stewart is showing you an interview that he's doing with a former um, federal elections chairman person. And I understand what Jon's point is, but it it just – at times it's hit and miss because I do want to say that Steve Carell is funny in bits and pieces of this movie, but he's being asked to do some other things. So it's like a muted, stunted Steve Carell. And those Steve Carell's don't really work. You either have to tell him to be Brick Tamlin, like just go for it, or you really harness him and you get something like Foxcatcher or you get something like um, um, the, the Way Way Back where he's a jerk, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's an okay movie. Is it great? No. Does it hit its points? Sometimes. And sometimes it's good. But there's also like a lot of floating ideas, including like a twist of sorts. Where I was just like, oh, okay, I mean, this is clearly just, I don't even know, like, where where this would have been planted. But now it's just, I don't know if it was, like, smarter than it needed to be or if it was, like, just leaving you crumbs along the way. But I, it just didn't work at that point. I think the twist is rather clever, except for it invalidates most of the movie. Like, there's a good idea there, but it makes you wonder, well, what if we just ran with this from the get-go so we were all in on what's taking place here as opposed to surprising us with this later on because i think that would make a more interesting movie as it stands i think this is a bad movie um i i wouldn't say terrible but i mean i don't think it's very good because it feels (laughs) it feels lacking in every area that it tries to be clever about and a big problem with that is steve carell i think and having watched all of space force the thing I can say about both this and that show is that, well, the supporting cast is at least trying, but, and that's not to say Carell isn't trying, but he's just not very good in either one of these things. He's really annoying in both things. 
Uh, I don't like the grading performance he's giving in Space Force with his gruff accent choice that he's using. And here he just plays an idiot. Uh, And the satire is not strong enough to support the idea that, oh, he's from here and they're from there and they're different. It's just more of, no, this guy just actively acts like not human to people. And there's no real justification for that, except I guess that's supposed to be funny. But the problem is it's not very funny. It feels like there's a lot of scenes that literally end with him walking out a door and you can't see his face. And so there's some ADR line to like say, like, see, look, there's a great button on this scene. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, it's if like the movie was clearly not competent enough to get its tone down. It's like, I guess we'll just add lines in post to, you know, spice up some of the humor we're supposed to be getting because it's just not working out without it. Regardless, the rest of the movie, it just feels like there's it feels dated as far as. For someone like Jon Stewart, who can be incredibly sharp and funny about the things going on in the world, or in America specifically, specifically about now, the times of now with the Trump administration and versus a character who's just come from a loss, um, there's nothing here that like hits anywhere deep. Like There's some points to be made, sure, but they all feel surface level. Uh, they feel like... Um, if this was from a lesser director or like a less a person that's lesser involved in the field that they you know have talked about often, I could accept this to a point, even though I still wouldn't recognize it as a very good movie. But it's John Stewart, so I kind of expect more in the in the world of punditry, and it just doesn't have anything to go with, and it it just feels like I like I don't know who this is supposed to be for because there's you're either preaching to the converted or you're like trying to make some kind of point to enlighten folks, but I don't think there's any enlightening going on here. Yeah. As far as like making a point of folks, it, it doesn't stick its landing. It tries a few times. Um, I do want to go through some examples of this. You know, you start off with the, the 2016 election, Steve Carell is all bummed out and he's trying to find a next source of his inspiration so he sees a video of Chris Cooper, who is very good in this movie. You're yes, right. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, he's very good in this movie as this retired colonel in Wisconsin, and he he says he talks like a a nice democratic game. So Steve Carell goes to to sponsor him essentially, um, and there are interesting aspects and zingers in the script. I do like the I do like when Mackenzie Davis, who plays Chris Cooper's daughter. She says, you know, we're we're not all you guys just use us and we're not all stupid and we're all not we're not all, you know, um fodder, like background fodder for you guys when you guys just come here once a year. And it's like, yeah, that that's a great point. That's a great statement. But there's nothing else this is to your that's point. It. That's there's, that's the line. Like, yeah, that's there's, it. there's just like nothing else to it to like to really, you know, punch you in the gut and say, Yes, yeah, we're totally leaving the farmland, the heartland, and whatever else behind, you know, and we do use it as like a stage. Like but there's also um there's also the the counterpoint of maybe Steve Carroll is an asshole, but all he he knows how the system works, you know what I mean? So he I don't know, I didn't I didn't necessarily agree with you that he's an idiot. I just think that there's I, it's not, honestly, an idiot, not an idiot in terms of like his knowledge, but an idiot in terms of how he's supposed to function as a human being in the real world, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm being I'm being yeah. dismissive by saying idiot, but it's more of it's the it's going for this fish out of water element thing as far as like he's an elite liberal guy and he comes to a small town and he and I I get that there's a joke there, but it's played out, but also 
they're not they're, even in these kinds of things i could I, it'd be nice to recognize human qualities in people when they deal with this kind of thing but he doesn't really he doesn't grow at all there's no change here he's just he, he just acts oblivious to everything around him which i guess is supposed to be kind of the point but it's not sharp enough to make that land in any real significant way I hear you on that because that, that's definitely true. The fish out of water element works better than like Doc Hollywood. Um, yeah, <laughs> where it's just like Michael the, Michael J. Fox is like a big time doctor, and he goes to a town. And he's like, oh, this is how small towns work. You know what I mean? But he seems <laughs> like a per he seems like a person that exists in real life. Where Steve Carell's like, I've never had baked goods before. Let me eat it like some kind of slobbering man. It's like, <laughs> so, what's happening? Or like, I, I hear you. Or like, I can't tell somebody how I want my coffee, and so it's just a thing every time. Like, I don't. <laughs> They're not. It doesn't make any sense to me as far as this is a real person, right? Like, what? Sure. Why would you not just say what you want in your coffee? There's no joke there. It's just. Like... Yeah, there, there really isn't a joke there. The only joke is that's not how I take my coffee, which is the the punchline. Um, it's like and that correct, correct that the next day. <laughs> like, <what> yeah. is... <laughs> but there's like the only times where I thought that Steve Crow was able to be Steve Crow was when he's doing the goofy things where he does walk off camera. Um, when he starts cussing people out and then this old woman named Dot comes by and he's just like, sorry, Dot, and he moves along. Those are funny, you know, in a, in a very slapsticky kind of way. They they are, but and I'm not Those are the that. only laughs, though, you know what and, I mean? Like, and that's, what, and that's what I'm else. talking about with, like, adding buttons to scenes. It feels like the stuff before that should be, like, really good, and then watching this in the edit, they're like, I guess we should add something to punch this up, because that's what every time, it's like there's a there's some, he does leave. There's some yeah. closer moments that it's like, by the way, in case you weren't laughing already, here's a joke. And so, it, like, yeah, it's funny, but it also feels like there's a lack of confidence in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, perhaps it is that lack of confidence, because the, the example I think about is when he's talking to Chris Cooper, he leaves and he's like, why do you have three guns? And he's, he's definitely not yeah. saying that in the, in the yeah, scene. it's a lot of scenes like that. <laughs> but and, like, I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to focus on this too hard, given the rest of the cast, except they have nothing to do. Like, Chris Cooper's good, and Rose Byrne is, like, fun. Like, they, they know how to do what they're doing in well, this Rose movie. Well, Rose Byrne is doing the same thing the entire movie. Yeah, and so it's, there's no depth there, but so at least it's, right. it's just kind of, it comes in and, like, drops a bomb and goes away. It's not Steve Carell who's in the entire movie. But, yeah. But the others, you have Mackenzie Davis, Topher Grace, and Natasha Lyonne. Oh, I forgot that Topher Grace is in this movie. Yeah, you forget all of them are in this movie because they have nothing at all to add. I, like, I, <laughs> I saw Natasha and I was like, hey, Russian doll! <laughs> uh, Among, like, others that just kind of pop up and then go away. It's like, I mean, cool. You got, And I this is the thing that you have a problem with sometimes as far as famous people or people that should have some kind of impact that have nothing to do. This feels like a really bad version of that as far as... Interesting. There's no reason for them to be here at this point. It's like, all right, you've got these people and they have some key moments in the plot but wh why Overall, give, like, give them more to do like it yeah. <laughs> i i honestly didn't really think about it as like these people showing up i i just thought that oh they, there's probably scenes that were cut do you know what i mean yeah um like topher grace feels like there was probably more significant arc to not arc but more significant things for him to do mm -hmm. um and it just wasn't there because he's kind of heavy heavily featured in the first third of the movie yeah and then it just like comes and goes uh because it wants but, to lean on that fish out of water stuff for a good long time and then it just got it just there's no flow to this like yeah, just... that, that's actually the, the best way to phrase it i agree with you there there's just no flow to it because it comes in with something to say and then it moves back out and then it comes in with something to say and then it moves mm -hmm. so 
you know, an example of this is Steve Carell goes to this town. Um, he's immediately struck by people calling him. They know his name, right? Yeah. That does ha- that has no impact on him. To your point, he's like robotic in. Okay, well, this is weird. I'll just like shrug it off. Um, and then he sets up shop and becomes like this all-time dude. The scene that could have gone somewhere in the early part is when he's talking to Chris Cooper and asks him, "Hey, was this really you, or is this just something that you don't believe?" You know, and that's where you could have developed. Well, Steve Carell, as much of a jerk or an asshole as he is, he firmly believes in the democratic process, or he firmly believes in this and this and this, and he has moral values. But you don't get that, and that's unfortunate because it just continues that way. There's another scene where you go into uh, – they have to go to New York to go to a fundraiser dinner, mm-hmm. and Chris Cooper has a really excellent point during that scene. You know, um, He's essentially saying in a nutshell, uh, I do these things for you guys to pretend to care for me even though you guys will never care for me and you guys will never see me anyway. You know, And that's a very powerful thing for <laughs> – for uh for people who don't really follow politics to understand it's like yes this is all like a dog and pony show and at the end of it the dog and pony show just goes away because i let's use the term that that might be out there like a bleeding heart liberal um might just feel like they want to contribute to to this campaign in in you know rural wisconsin or um suburban wisconsin it's like yeah that's that's an unfortunate thing to to have say uh, and then go nothing and do nothing with it because you immediately cut to a plane ride back to Wisconsin where Steve Carell is just throwing love at Chris Cooper for saying, you know, that was a very powerful statement. Where does it go after that? It doesn't really go anywhere. It, it, it's unfortunately it just stops in its tracks and it continues like what you're saying to build upon. It, it feels like they're they're like. Do you remember like those TV shows, let's say, for example, Community, where uh, in the background, Abed is like giving helping somebody give birth. Uh-huh. Um, but the you're you're talking with like some other characters in the foreground and something is happening in the background. So it, it feels like that where the movie is this constant somebody's building like <laughs> the first thing that comes to my head is they're building like this this um, pyramid of of um, of plastic cups. And that's all that it is. It's just great. Steve Carell is building these plastic cups. Hey, keep on doing what you're doing. And at the end of it, it's just like this giant castle of plastic cups. But Rose Byrne does the same thing without you seeing any of it. And you're supposed to feel as though the GOP knew that the the Democrats were here. And so they started to fundraise as well. There, there's just not a whole lot of, of um, connection, connective tissue here that really helps you understand you know how much the GOP or the Democratic base will invest in something just to like plant a flag and say X, Y, or Z about it. It's strange. Yeah, it's. I, I do want to. I do want to get back to your point about um, the twist. Yes, you're right. If it had happened earlier, or if you were privy to it, it's mm-hmm. weird that I just watched Logan Lucky recently as well. <laughs> Um, and Logan Lucky is a movie that uh, we talked about maybe three, four years ago. Yeah. But Steven Soderbergh has done heist movies before, including the Oceans movies. And Logan Lucky is kind of a heist movie. But the fun of it is that he lets you in throughout the movie. There's clues. But then he lets you in on how he did it at the end. And uh-huh. then it makes you feel as though, ah, that was clever. And here... 
they kind of let you in, but it it just doesn't feel like it's very clever. So I, I want to close by saying that John Stewart, I'll, I'll use your term, he is uh, his punditry is, is known. He's been on Crossfire where they wanted him to be funny and he wasn't funny because he wanted to talk about serious political issues back in like 2008 or 2009 uh-huh. um, when he was with The Daily Show. Um, he's put on this rally in, in Washington, D.C. with his uh, with his buddy Steve Colbert where they did sort of a, a very similar thing. Let's show you how crazy it can look, but then also let's show you how calm it actually is. So it's just the spin on it. And there are times where I got infuriated with, like, the news segment spins here, right? That's MSNBC, CNN, mm-hmm. and also the Fox News gang. Um, <laughs> there's even, like, this outright lie that Steve Carell gets super upset about. And he says something very, very true to life, which is, you've said it. It's out there now. Now everyone believes it. And that that was, like, that's crazy that, you know, it, it's written in this movie, but it's it's things like um, like a fresh wound every time. And John Stewart is capable of doing all this stuff. He's gone on monologues. He's helped with the 9-11 um, uh, responders bill. Um, and I know that he's capable of doing these things. You mentioned Rosewater, and that's a, that's like a political movie uh, to some degree as well. So it's unfortunate that there's like a hand of comedy and also a hand of political uh, satire, and it just doesn't really work. Yeah, I just – you mentioned earlier um... – like not getting to know Steve Carell, like where his allegiances really lie as far as if he's, you know, if he ha- he doesn't have a scene where he really explains why it is that he, you know, fights for democracy or what have you. And that just, it leaves the film feeling hollow. Like there's, because there's points that are being shot out there, but there's, you know, nothing to really back it up with. And there's satire that seems to be there, except it doesn't, have the sort of edge that it needs to to cut any deeper than you know having scant lines here and there that say like oh yeah here's one of my points that i wanted to make Mm -hmm. and like if it's not that it's not as though it's required for this to be this like you know super jab heavy look at you know how one side is you know corrupt or whatever and the other side is you know too full of themselves to to want to counter in a significant way like there's a way to do that movie but that's not what john stewart made he seemed to have wanted to make something that's fairly light but has some issues on its mind right but even then it just feels airless it it, it doesn't it doesn't have ways to come together it's not particularly that funny beyond moments because yes you have talented people in the film but it, and it's not scathing anyway so it just feels like why is this here and i don't know if that's a result of there was a longer script and it just never quite came together or the edit just was the best they could do with what they had i don't know what that is but as it stands it's like Ianucci knows how to do this <laughs> stewart doesn't and he's not that. even american i know and stewart doesn't seem to have that grasp for I mean, at least at least yeah. this time around right yeah, yeah. I, I do want to give him props because you and i are both giving him praise about um how adept he is and how intelligent he is about American politics. Um, let me ask you, was this supposed to come out in theaters? Yes. Yeah. It was okay. going to come out the end of May. End of May. Okay. So kind of like the early summer, it probably yeah. would have gotten lost in the shuffle. It was going to come out right in between. Yeah, it would have flopped easily, but it, I mean, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a focus film feature. It wasn't going to be like a huge release, but I mean, it would have come right between like the Memorial day movies and what in wonder woman. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> Well, yeah, Wonder okay. Woman was I, I totally June. forgot that that movie was gonna come out. Yeah, it was, it was like this be... is how this is how much we are in the post bloodshed era. Like, wait, they're making a Wonder Woman part two. 
I mean, it's, it was supposed to come out last November. <laughs> was it really? Oh, yeah. But then they're like, you know what? We can make more money not Let's going against money. Star Wars, and we can put it in June when the first one was a giant hit, and uh, they moved it there, and then the world ended, so you know, things happened. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird place we're, we're living in now. And so it's set for October, and it's probably going to move again because everything should be moved because you're dumb if you think you should open things in August. <laughs> like, yeah, I, exactly. I definitely agree. Sorry, Tenant. Um, there's also, uh, to get back to this real quick on the side characters, so we talked about Chris Cooper. I agree with you that Rose Byrne is good. She's she's played this kind of character before mm-hmm. where she's strong-willed and doesn't give a shit. Um, yeah. I I can't remember, like, I can't Spy. name... Spy is the key Spy one. Spy, and to some degree, maybe either, like, Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids. Um, yeah. when she's not interacting with Maya Rudolph, when she's interacting with other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've seen this type of Roseburn performance, and she's good at it. Um, Mackenzie Davis is okay. Like, I think that Mackenzie Davis is, is supposed to be the wild card of this group. Um, <laughs> it's funny because they first introduced Mackenzie Davis as perhaps, like, this love interest for Steve Carell, and I was like, okay... Again. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, to your point, it's like this movie just maybe John Stewart just didn't know what he wanted to do here. Um, well, and like never... he, it uh-huh. it tries to play off that towards the end when the age well, difference is a... called out. Yeah. But it, but the still like the whole movie is like, you know, it it positions her as being like. Well, I'm here for you if you need me, kind of thing. It's like, why are we? Why is this even an element of this movie? <laughs> exactly. Why is it even an element of the movie? Um, and then you have these really more quote unquote those guys type actors like Will Sasso. Uh-huh. He plays like a bar patron, and then like the the owner of the or like the the barkeep guy. He's from um, Man, uh, Manchester by the Sea. He he's yeah. like the the good yeah. buddy. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, these these are people that we know, so you get very familiar with them. Um, but man, it's just, they don't really like, you know, they don't really give them a personality either. Um, so there's never really this sense of, oh, cool. He's like this elite dude and he doesn't really get us. So, and also we're, we're super hospital, but it, it's also like not to a fault. And I don't know. There's just Honestly, it a just lot of ideas. It doesn't dig and, into the idea of what being like a small town thing versus like these, you know, big rich guys that come into the, like it, it, it plays that on the, the easiest way possible. And it it gives a bad like look at like how things are right now as far as it's it's not like it shouldn't be about like they're rich and they're small town so whatever it should be about like where's that discussion that bridges this gap and this movie doesn't provide that and it sucks for that reason. yeah <laughs> I I kept on thinking about like a lot of different movies that sort of deal with like big town guys we mentioned Doc Hollywood but also a civil action where John, John I just I just watched that the other really? day actually yeah. <laughs> I, I keep on thinking about that movie and the Mark Ruffalo movie, which I haven't seen. I was like, are Dark these the same movie? No, yeah. it's, it's not. Well, it kind of is, but okay. I like Dark Water quite a bit, I think. Okay, it, it, I haven't it, seen it yet. It, it's that kind of movie for sure, and I think it does a really good job being that kind of movie. Yeah. So I keep on thinking about those other movies where they have a singular or two things at most that they're trying to prove. You know, in the civil action, John Travolta, he's a big hotshot lawyer, but he's so dogged. And trying to figure out, like, what is going on in this town? Like, there's something wrong here. And then he gets, you know, the the feelings of small townness and whatever else. I mean, the other movie I thought about is, like, Leave of Faith, which is a Steve Martin wow, drama movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's about, hey, we're going to go and pil- pilfer these, like, these country bumpkins, so to speak. And then he, he gets a lesson, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, there's – it's not a great movie, but it's also, like, a movie that I – 
that I enjoy for Steve Martin not being like, you know, watch out for the cans kind of thing. Um, it's like he's super got, slapstick. He's got more of those than you might realize. He's I know, I know. Yeah, like I mean, like Father of the Bride is like super. Like he's he's a father. <laughs> uh, uh, there's one I'll recommend to you called Local Hero. That's another good one as far as guy comes down from a big city into the small town type thing. It, mm-hmm. it got a Criterion release not too long ago, and I reviewed it. And I was like, this is really good. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of others of these examples that Aaron and I have that. But I think deal with the feelings of big town, little town much better. I mean, hell, even like Cars, the first one does Car- it. I mean, that's too. just Doc Hollywood with Cars. Ka chow. We're not being paid to say that. Ka chow. Um, yeah. So when you get this, it just doesn't really have anything else to say, and that's unfortunate. So I, I do wish that it, it did. And again, like when Aaron and I said, there's pockets of it. There's just not. Anything else to really drag it out? I mean, not not drag it out. That's a, that's a terrible way to phrase it. There's bring just it nothing out. there to yeah. bring it out and really, like what you said, be either angry or upset or whatever the case is. I mean, like at the end of it, yes, you might be, but they take it with such like they take it so so much on the chin and like with like a, a turn the other cheek type situation. You're just like, what was the point of this movie? Yeah, no, that that sums it up. I mean. It, it, it makes it more frustrating for me because like the worst kind of movie to me is one. Well, for one, it's a, it's a comedy. that's not funny because that's, if you're not making me laugh in this, that means it's just going to be boring. And that's <laughs> part of the issue. The other is the fact that there are nuggets of things that I really wish were, you know, brought out more because that's interesting. And yet it just holds back from being anything sharper. And I, I don't know why I, I don't because I, Jordan Stewart's a smart guy and I can't, Unless he just really thought Steve Carell was very funny throughout this, which he might. They're friends, and they're, he stars in his movie. Like I have no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. it just didn't come together here. So yeah, unfortunate. Um, when should people see this movie, Abe? I this is like an it's currently HBO on a movie. on a it's currently on a premium VOD level, so you can rent yeah, it yeah. for twenty bucks for now. Yeah, like on our on our old rating scale, this is an HBO movie. Like you don't have to run out and see it. It's going to come on a premium channel sometime. And if you were curious about it like a month or two before, you can then check it out. But it's not one of those that you would pay premium dollar for. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You can really wait for this one to be available at a non-price, essentially. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that is our review of Irresistible. And... Um, that's going to do it for this bonus episode about Now Theron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.moo, and twitter.com slash moose. Hashtag blueberry cobbler. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes about Now Theron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, or HSWLOD, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Or write on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash Podcast or Twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. And catch up on our posts over on Instagram, Instagram.com slash underscore podcast. And, of course, remember, feel free to give us ratings and reviews over on iTunes because that would be super helpful for uh, pumping, up some, pumping us up on the uh, the old iTunes charts. And also just, like, boosting my ego. You guys, I really do need this. Yeah. I mean, Abe, Abe's head's, like, average size, but it could, it could be bigger. That's all that I always <laughs> like to think. <laughs> Um, yeah, so with that all said, that's going to do it for this week's bonus episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye.